Southeast Asia, they were excited to start telling people about Jesus Christ. But they soon found out that many people were too sick or in need to hear the good news they had to share. They realized they had to meet the needs of the people first, so they would be ready to hear the gospel. The whole gospel message is what Jesus Christ did, and that is healing the sick and meeting the needs, along with sharing. So when we started looking at these human needs and, and issues that we were seeing, and started dealing with that and loving our neighbor, providing clean water, uh, providing medical care, doing groups around critical needs, felt needs in the community, all of a sudden people are like, there's the Jesus people and they care. Jesus people care, not only about hurting bodies, but hurting hearts. The potters want Southeast Asians to hear about Jesus because he heals hearts and promises those who believe in him forever life in heaven where there is no sickness and there are no needs. In this particular village, there are only two believers um, when our work started here. And today, there's well over 100 believers. So it's changed a lot here in this community. Now we're seeing similar things happen in distant communities because these believers now are going out to reach new villages. One of the best ways to share the gospel is with words. The potters realized they needed to help people in need, so they would be able to hear their words. Now the people hearing and choosing to believe in Jesus are using what they learned from the potters to share with others. Believing in Jesus, no matter where you live, means getting to be a part of sharing him with those in need and those who need to hear about him. Praying and giving to global missions are ways we can be a part of the potter's work in Southeast Asia. Pray God will work out ways for the potters to get into new communities to tell people about His Son, Jesus Christ. They don't just open up and say, hey, come on in. Tell them all about Jesus. It doesn't work that way. We have to fight very hard to push in the gospel. And so the only way to go about doing that is acts of love, is prayer, and is sharing, sharing the word with them. The potters can live in Southeast Asia because of money given through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. It provides for things like housing and transportation so they can spend their time loving people, meeting their needs, and sharing the gospel. Because that's what Jesus people do. Definitely be a prayer of what you can give to help impact the lives of people all over the world. Uh, but right now, we just want to stand. Uh, we want to worship with you. Uh, this is uh, the first song. It's very familiar. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, but uh, it should be a Christmas song. Like, kind of like Brother Matt said, uh, just talks about Jesus coming to earth and us worshiping uh, our Savior. So sing along and worship with us.
good to learn new songs. Um, and at Christmas time, uh, we sing, if, if I asked you to, to name your favorite Christmas carol, we probably would get at least 20 before we got done. And there'd be lots of joy to the world, and oh, come on, you faithful, and away in a manger and silent night. But then there would be these other pieces in there that, that, that you love because they're special to you, and this one's really good. But one of the things you'll notice about Christmas songs is they're all about the same thing. We understand they're, they're, they're really, they're all about the same thing. Um, well, that's the best part about it. Um, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is very, very clear that uh, God provided his own son as a perfect gift to fill up a place that you and I desperately need to fill and we have nothing to fill. And so the gospel at Christmas is particularly poignant because the way that he did it is ridiculous. Have you thought about that? The way that he did it is ridiculous. And in fact, the scripture says that's what he was going to do. He's going to do it in a way so there was no other explanation. But this is me. This is God providing for you in a way that cannot be explained any other way. And that was God with us. Now, we, we talk about Emmanuel. That's God with us. Right? If you didn't know that, now you do. God with us. What? We hear that all the time. So it just kind of rolls off the tongue. God with us. But to an Israelite, God with us is just as crazy as the story of a virgin birth. Or the fact that angels would appear and they would appear to shepherds and not to kings and scribes. Or that men who, for whom the journey would take two years would see a star in the sky and travel all the way to pay homage to a king they did not know who turned out to be a baby. All of that's crazy. Well, God with us was just that crazy. That's because we who were formerly far off, the scriptures said, have been brought near by the blood of the sacrifice. So if you don't like Christmas songs, something wrong with you. This is a new one. This is a good one. This is a really good one. But it's, it's Emmanuel. And it tells the story. When we get to the chorus, try and sing with us. This one we're going to learn when we sing it more.
Lord, we love you. And we thank you for that redeeming grace. Uh, we thank you that uh, we do worship a God who we can say is Emmanuel, is God with us. A God that we know is not in a tomb, uh, but is alive and well and moving amongst us. And we just thank you uh, that for what Christmas is all about, we celebrate the birth and we celebrate um, the life of our Savior. Um, without the life, there would be, there would have been a cross. And we thank you uh, for the holy life that was lived for us, that, that, that was lived and then was nailed to a cross with our sin to pay our debt. And we thank you for the salvation that comes through you and only through you. Um, and I pray that uh, in this season, when uh, it's a season of many firsts, it could be the, the first Christmas without someone, or the first Christmas without a job, or the first. Uh, Christmas in a new place. Um, we thank you that a living, powerful God can, can heal hearts, uh, can, can heal wounds, and can bring joy even in times that may uh, hurt. And we love you and we praise you. We thank you for um, just all the blessings that you give us. And we thank you that um, we have the ability as we do now just to give back some of that to you. And I pray that you would help us to be faithful as we give our tithes and offerings just to do it not as um, just to check off our box that we gave some or we gave our 10% but to do it as an act of worship and act of reliance on you that says that you are able and we just love you and pray for brother Matt as he brings uh, the message today and Lord I pray that um, the gospel would go forth the life the burial the resurrection uh, salvation I uh, will be made known in this place today Lord, we love you, uh, we worship you, and we praise your name. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
That's his control. Brother Philip mentioned this morning, it does not make sense. It is not logical for an almighty creator to transcend time and to become imminent in the presence of man. To step out of eternity and into time. And yet that's exactly what he did. We talked about in Sunday school this morning that he went beyond natural laws. Didn't break the law because he wrote the law. But he was above the law, the laws of gravity, the laws of physics. He walked on the water, he raised people from the dead. He was born of a virgin, things that we can't do. And yet, so often, especially around the holidays, we get wrapped up in time. Procrastination, excuses, and the proliferation of things has caused us to forget the greatest issue of all. And that is that Christmas is Jesus. Everything about life should focus and hinge on Him and Him alone. If you say, I have got too much to do to come to church tonight, next Sunday, anywhere, we, we've got to wear, we've planned everything around our family gatherings and churches taking a second string roll in Christmas. Whatever happened to Christmas without Christ was just a mess. It's not more loss, it's less without Christ. It's, it's non-existent. Time is of the essence. Time is important. Listen to me this morning for just a moment. Time in our lives needs to come into focus because it's time for Jesus. We can talk about all kinds of cute little pithy Christmas sayings. Jesus is the reason for the season. I heard someone say the other day that that's actually not true. We're the reason for the season. Christ came for us. Well, that makes sense too if you put everything in its own little sector. But the problem is we get so busy shopping and we get so busy Partying, and we get so busy with all the things we've got to do around Christmas to make sure we don't upset anyone that we leave out what it's all about. It's time for Jesus. It's time for Jesus in our life. He said in Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive 
the adoption of sons. When the fullness of time had come. Jesus was not early. Jesus was not late. Jesus was right on time. I hear people talking all the time. It kills me. All these tests that we'll take on line and all this to try to figure out this and figure out that and what kind of color you are or what kind of car you are. I'm not a car and I'm not a color. I don't need anybody to tell me what I am. But one thing that bothers me is when people talk about, man, I wish I would have been born during the Civil War era. I was born out of the deep. No, God ordered your life. You're born when you were supposed to be born. God brought you into this world. It should be God that allows you to leave this world. It's not our choice. Life is ordered by God. But in the fullness of time, Jesus came. I don't know about you, but just to meditate on that. Because he had me on his heart when he came. You say, that's awful arrogant. No, it's, it's just personal. Jesus, I still believe in the old little children's hymn. Jesus loves me, this I know. Well, the Bible tells me. We've got to stop outgrowing our childlike faith and understand that it's time for Jesus. First of all, I want you to notice with me today, the prophets knew it was time. Tonight you'll hear about that. The prophets understood and knew it was time for God had declared. He declared His purposes in Genesis 3.15. From the very beginning, during the curse over this world, when God cursed Adam and God cursed Eve and God cursed uh, Satan, even in the midst of that, He prophesied of Jesus. We have the first prophecy of the Messiah in Genesis 3.15. He said to Satan, the serpent, he said, And I will put division or enmity between your corruptible seed and the incorruptible seed. It shall bruise your head and it shall bruise his heel. God was saying Jesus would be born of a virgin. He would be born without the corruptible sin of Adam. He would come without original sin and live without sin and die for our sin. He would be victorious over the head of Satan. Do you know that Romans 16.20 refers to it in retrospect, but yet also looking to the future, and he said that our God shall bruise Satan under our heels shortly. When he gives the church the final victory over Satan. Look, God declared that it was time for the purpose of Jesus. This world need, needed to save him. Right? When God gave man a choice, man messed it up, didn't he? This is a yes. Hey, if y'all agree with me, the harder I preach, the quicker I get done. <laughs> it's amazing all the amen that can sit and watch a three-hour ball game and can't sit 45 minutes. 
school message. Amen? I can do both. Especially from up here. See, God called me to preach because he knew I couldn't be still for 45 minutes. Four hours? Four hours? Four hours? Yeah, we can do four hours. Here's, here's the deal. God had a purpose in Jesus coming because you and I cannot match up. Because of Adam and Eve, we were all born under sin. Now, there are some of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my entire life right here in this place today. But they wasn't good enough without Jesus. I put, you know, everybody talks about they've got the greatest wife, and they've got the greatest mother, and they've got the greatest daddy. And everybody, you know, somebody's lying. <laughs> Because they can't all be great. The truth is, none of us is great without Jesus. He said, none of us are great. We're not even good, much less great. But we do have the greatest. And it's not Cassius Clay. Jesus Christ. We need to understand in the fullness of time, the prophets knew the purpose and the person Philip did a better job than I can do right here, but in Isaiah 7, 14, Emmanuel, God with us, God ordained the person. It was not random. It was not just uh, hoping that the genetics and the RNA and the DNA would all work out. No, God had a plan. That was the stuff Mary pondered in her heart. She didn't get it. She could not comprehend the depth of God choosing her. Think about this. I do not think that it's too bold or disrespectful. Mary changed God's diaper. Mary rocked God to sleep. Y'all with me on that? He was 100% man, but he was 100% God. Amen? And so, how can that not blow your mind? When we come, you know what makes people, in all honesty, raise their hands and worship to the Lord? God blows our mind. You know why we fall on our face and pray in an altar? It's not just people coming and saying, oh God, I'm, I'm broke. No, it's people coming and all saying, oh God, you're so great and you're so mighty and your love is beyond measure. Your joy is unspeakable. Your peace beyond God. That's what Mary Mary was saying. It blew her mind. The magnificent. She, she just praised God from whom all blessings flow. The prophets knew it was time and God declared it in the purpose and the person Emmanuel. Not God among us. Not God close to us. But God with us. I like the old song in the garden. What does it say? And he walks with and he talks. And he tells me I am his own. That's not bad, is it? Stop and just chew on that for me. He walks with me. What have you got to go through this Christmas season? Everybody's not jolly. 
Everybody's not jumping for joy. There's people with heavy hearts. Even in this place today, you're carrying a burden into these holidays. I want you to know he walks with you. He talks with you if you're his child. If he tells you you are his own, God alone can give you a comfort that will blow your mind. God had a purpose and a person in this time. He had a place. And I'll be reading this tonight, but in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he said, O Bethlehem, though you're the least of them, you will be the city where the son of David shall be born. May I be present you Bethlehem. Will be tonight. I've been to Bethlehem. You've been to Bethlehem. I hope to go back very soon to Bethlehem. But you know what? I never had to go to Bethlehem to know my Jesus, my Savior, was born there. Because God's Word tells me. I've been in the empty tomb, but I didn't have to go in there to know He's not there. The world has declared it in history. God has pronounced it. Look, the angels, our beautiful little sweet girls, will come out and they will sing and they will present uh, hosannas in the highest as little angels in our play tonight. But I'm going to tell you something as wonderful as that is. It really happened. Angels burst forth on the sky. Last night, tonight, you, around 11.30, if the sky's clear, you'll be able to see a meteor shower of a meteor, uh, a meteorite that's already burned up with the, the trails that uh, last, I love that stuff. I'll go out and sit and watch and it's like shooting stars and it can be up to two or three a minute tonight. That's just awesome to me because that's God's fireworks. God, God's above all that. And God is so awesome in our lives when we realize that in the scope of eternity and the mass of the worlds and the universes and the nebula and all the stars, He chose Bethlehem. He said, right there. And he would live in Nazareth. But do you know that he was a he was expatriated for a while? Do you know that? He was chased into one of his greatest enemies' territories. And lived in Egypt. Who else had to do that? Who? Me. Moses, in a, in a way, was a type of Christ. But we see that there was a place for Jesus. I want to ask you. You believe in the person. You believe in the virgin birth. But is there a place? Is there a Bethlehem in your life? A place for Jesus to reside? Are we too packed up with all the good stuff of the end to open the barn door of our life and let Jesus birth our life in the life that is Christ. I'm afraid we talk about our schools and we talk about our government. We talk about everything. But I'm going to tell you, until we allow Jesus back in our churches, we allow Jesus back in our bedrooms and back in our living rooms, until we let Jesus back in our pulpit and back He's not going to go back into the government. 
Because it goes with believers who are faithful to trust Him. Do you have time for Jesus? you have a place? Look, heaven knew it was time. The angel told Mary. The angel comes and says, Get ready. Blessed are you among women, for you shall give birth to the Messiah. Dude, man, does that not, I mean, because here's, here's what's so really cool about this deal, is yes, Mary gave birth to the Messiah, but when we will repent of our sins and trust that He is, and that He's a rewarder to Him that diligently seeks Him, we will get on our face, repent, and cry out, Abba, Father, and He will birth His life into us. That same Jesus. I'm afraid we're not getting that. You say, Preacher, why are you so excited? Because Jesus saved me. Amen. I'm not going to hell. And that's just subsequent to the life of living eternally already. I've told you before and I will tell you again. If you're still around when they have my funeral and somebody stands up and says, Pastor Matt died. You tell them they're a liar. You tell them to their face, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Smelled just like smoke because he said he was born again, had eternal life, and he just passed from death unto life. He's not dead. He's with Jesus. Amen. 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 You win me, Mr. Charles. Amen. Listen. Christmas I, excites me. It excites me that we have the greatest news ever told that is real, it's not fake, it's not false. And we don't have to get the Senate and the House to agree on it. It's just true whether they like it or not. He is the reason. And the angel broadcast it to Mary. And Joseph being a very godly man could have he could have had her executed legally. He had a soft spot in his heart and character in his life. I read this week, character is who you are and what you do for someone that can't do anything for themselves. Or giving to someone who cannot do anything for you in return. That's real character. Well, I want you to understand. Joseph could have taken Mary's life, but he still loved her, even though he felt betrayed. But then God came in the midst of that love and said, Don't panic. She didn't cheat on you, Joseph. You're going to help raise the Son of God. What is it that God wants to use you for if you would just? Be ready and be open. The lives you could change. You so say, what can I do? I don't know, but I believe it's big. You know, if you touch one of these children's lives, I believe there's nothing greater than to interject the love of Jesus Christ in the life of a child. But you know, it's not just children. There's, there's adults, there's senior adults in our community that's dying on hell. We think all sweet grandmothers are going to heaven or not. All hardworking grandpas not going to heaven. 
need to tell them. Just as the angel told Joseph. It's alright. Jesus is coming. Hell knew it was time. You know how I know that? That's just what I've already said. Hell knew it was time because Satan tried to prevent it. Right? Just like he tried to kill off Moses. Now he didn't know the exact time because I got news for you. Satan doesn't know the future. Don't give him more credit than he deserves. He's not God. Just like another guy in a red suit, he's not omniscient. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He can't be everywhere at one time. Our God can. Amen? Jesus is bigger. Don't get on me on that. Look. Jesus is all we need. Jesus, when we get him, will be all we want. Hell knew it and tried to prevent him. He tried to hear it. Tried with Judas Iscariot. He tried with the priest. Tried with the Roman soldier. If you be the Son of God, come down off that cross over and over and over and over. You say, I don't know why things keep happening. Look, I'm going to tell you, as long as you try to love Jesus, you try to do right, try to follow him, Satan's going to ride you like a rented mule. But you can mark it down. Jesus was victorious and he'll give you the victory too. He didn't break. And he won the victory. Hell knew it was time because others tried to deny it. Pilate tried to deny it. The Jews tried to deny it. Look, they spun it. They called in their greatest political liars to write a story. Sound like Fast and Furious. Benghazi. They had Benghazi on their hands. They said, what are we going to do about this? Well, let's just lie. Look, our government didn't invent it. But they did really well with it. They said, tell everybody that his disciples come and stole them. And they still say that today. Do you know that that's what the Orthodox Jews still say today? They do not believe Jesus was the Messiah. Now, there are Messianic Jews who do. But most are still looking for their Messiah. Because some really believe that the disciples stole it. I got news for you. The first disciples need to go to the tomb to try to pay their respects found it empty. And it wasn't because somebody stole him, it was because he was victorious. Victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Many individuals knew it was time. John the Baptist felt it. He jumped in his mother's womb. Simeon waited for it. He knew the coming of the Messiah was close. Anna looked for it and got to see it. But then Jesus knew it was time. I want you to look with me over in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, 
took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Jesus knew it was time to be born. And he humbled himself and was born of flesh and blood just like you and me. He said, really? Jesus really was like you and me? Well, what did it say during the, uh, after the fast or during the fast in the wilderness? What's the first thing it said about Jesus physically? He was hungry. You go about 40 days and see how you feel. He said, and he was hungry. What did it say about him when he was on the cross? I thirst. Jesus felt the same pains. What did Jesus do when Lazarus died and he saw his sisters there mourning and broken? What did Jesus do? He cried. He wept. Jesus knows how we feel. So much so that the Bible talking about us having a greater high priest in Jesus Christ says, but we don't have one who can't be touched with our, without infirmities. He feels our pain. You say, but he doesn't understand because he's never seen. I want you to understand something about that. The strongest pains of temptation is right before Satan leaves you alone. He pushes the level up. Because he doesn't, he's not going to push any further than he has to. So if he can push you, let's say, from a scale of 1 to 10, and if he, he, can, he only has to push you to a 3 before you break, that's as far as he'll push you. But let's say we bowed up, we got our paralyzed right, he had to turn that notch up to about 6 or 7. He gets a little harder than we break us out. Then we say, I'm sold out, bought by the Lord, prayed up, read up, and look, he goes to about a 9. <coughs> Satan kind of leaves us alone. I want you to understand, the closer we get to the Lord, the temptation gets more fierce, doesn't it? Did Jesus ever sin? So his temptation level was off the scale compared to ours. Satan kept turning it up, turning it up, turning it up, but he could not break it. That's what makes him Jesus, my friends. It's time for Jesus in our life. Time to be born. And he knew it and he came. In Luke chapter 2, he said, and the time came that he was born. It was time for him to live. Luke chapter 19, <coughs> verse 10. He said this. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's time to come and live in this world and walk among men. Jesus would walk along the Sea of Galilee. He'd walk on the Sea of Galilee if he wanted to. He would sit down and he would eat with friends. He would get up in the wilderness and pray with his buddies. He would walk into the house of tax collectors. And he would go in to wedding celebrations in Canaan. And he would heal the sick and the blind and the hog in Jerusalem. Jesus knew it was time to live. Then he knew it was time to die. He said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 18. He said, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the chief priests and unto the scribes, 
and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Jesus knew it was time to die. They tried to take him before this time, but they couldn't. He slipped out of their midst. They tried over and over to take him in, but they could not capture him. Because Jesus would not go before it was the fullness of time. He knew it was time to die. But he said right here, and on the third day he would rise again. Jesus knew it was time to rise on that third day. Why? Because prophecy said so. But more than that, because God told the prophets to say it. And because he was God, he knew. And Jesus rose from the grave and walked out to a new world. He knew it was time to reign. Back in Philippians, where we read just a moment ago that powerful verse of Jesus' humility, it said, And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow things in heaven, things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you know what time it is? Don't look at you watch. That's not what I'm talking about. I used to be a slang term. Somebody in the know, somebody got what was going on. They said, I know what time it is. I see. I know what time it is. Do we really get it? Do we understand what time it is? Do we understand how late in the universe we are? Do we understand that even Paul was looking for Jesus' imminent return? That John prayed, come to the Lord quickly. That at any moment, any day, Jesus is going to split those skies. Or we live. Church, do you know what time it is? John, you say, oh yeah, man, I, I get it. I, I read my Bible sometimes, and man, I, I've been a member of this church forever, and I, my membership's over there where Grandma was, and I went to Bible school there, and I was just on, yeah, I got baptized, and I've been baptized three or four times. Yeah, I'm all for it. John 1.11 said he came into his own and his own was I'm afraid too much of the world don't know what time it is. Because we put everything else on our part ahead of God. The world does not know. But I want you to understand what the Word does say. God's Word says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Hebrews 13 and It's time for Jesus, church. It's not time for Jesus plays. It's not time for Jesus songs. It's time for Jesus. It's time for Him to be first and foremost in our life. It's time for us to honestly say before God, Yes, Lord Jesus. It's time for Jesus. Johann Friedrich von Schiller said, he who neglects the present moment throws away all he has. Will you neglect this moment to come and give your life to Jesus? 
It's time. He said in 2 Corinthians 6-2, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. As they come to the instruments. And as God has come to your heart, I can't do this. I can't compel you enough. I cannot convict you enough. But if it's not enough to understand that Jesus Christ, the eternal God, left eternity, was born of a virgin, made lower than the angels, lived among men, lived without sin, died for us, rose again, and sits there waiting on you to plead forgiveness, then I can't do anything more for you. And he can't either. That's all you need. Will you come trust me today? Will you come be obedient? Will you come proclaim, God saved me. And he's enough. I, I'm tired of trying to do it myself. I'm tired of overthinking it. I just want to surrender my all. Whatever you need to do, altar counselors will help and pray with you. Whatever you need to do, stand and come right now. Without hesitation, Jesus didn't wait. The way to verse 2, verse 3, he came.
from their last words, I wish, I wish, I wish. And yet Sunday after Sunday, God draws us and God speaks to our life. And when are we going to make time for Jesus? We wonder why our families fall apart, our government, our countries, and money. Look, all that stuff to fix. It'd be amazing. Fox and MSNBC and CBS, all those new, they're just about to have to go out of work if God's church will call by His name and humble themselves and pray. I know that to be a fact. Because in the history of this country, when Billy Sunday and D.L. Moody and great men of God like that, when God's people began to pray, look, they would shut down the cities for revival. They would print the sermons on the front page of the Chicago newspaper. So, I don't know. Look, as long as we don't think it can happen, it won't happen. But when we put God back in the place He deserves at the very top, and give Him our time, He'll rock our world. May God bless you. Come back tonight. What time? We need to all be here play. Five o'clock. We need to get our tables and uh, chairs and all men and uh, all anybody wants to help set up right after the service this morning. So, uh, any other announcements or anything I forgot? All right. If not, Brother Matthew dismisses this morning. Well, we thank you for Jesus. Uh, we thank you. Uh, for everything that uh, comes uh, along with that name. Um, we thank you for the life uh, that was lived and we thank you for the life that was given. Uh, we, I pray that as we continue just to uh, rapidly head towards Christmas, um, that we would continue to take the time with our family, take the time with those around us to celebrate not the season, but the Savior. Um, Lord, I just thank you for um, the salvation, and I pray that we would just celebrate that um, each day, not not just because of the time of year, um, but just because of what it means to us, what it means to our lives, the grace, the mercy, the power, um, the strength that comes along with it uh, each and every day. Lord, we love you. Um, we celebrate you. We pray that you would make it, uh, make a way for everybody to be back here tonight um, as we worship together um, and celebrate um, through uh, drama, through music, your life and your birth. Um, we just love you uh, and praise you. Jesus, I pray. Amen.